When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's another Bob and Tom Extra. This is Christopher. Not only is the Bob and Tom Show live every weekday morning, but every afternoon we'll give you a little extra in case you missed anything. On the big show today, comedian and TV guy Mark Summers. You'll hear that coming up right after this. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Friday, 8 p.m. Hi, excuse me. I'm having a dinner party and I've run out of coffee. Uh, might I borrow some? Sure. <laughs> Here you go. A few minutes later. Uh, excuse me. Uh, could I trouble you again for some more coffee? I just gave you some 10 minutes ago. I know, but my guests are really big coffee drinkers. Okay. Here you go. Thanks. Do you mind if I ask you a question? What? Do you live here uh, alone? Yeah, why? Shortly thereafter... You again? Uh, I need more coffee. It's impossible. Okay, but it is possible that you want me. <laughs> no. Good night. Two minutes after that. Go away. Stalker's Choice Coffee. The coffee is so good, oh he'll come back again and again and again. Stalker's Choice Coffee. Go away! Share some with a neighbor. Stalker's Choice. It's what obsessive compulsive relationships are made of. <laughs> if you missed something yesterday, maybe you'll hear it now. This is Bob and Tom Extra. There's Willie Griswold. Good morning. I'm still Chick McGee, and here's Tom Griswold. Thank you very much. And we have a special guest. And we do. We have a surprise for our special guest. Oh, my. Uh, our special... I've always wondered where Mark Summers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, his last name I've always wondered where Jonathan Winters. Nowhere anymore. Well, oh. that's <laughs> <laughs> wow. It got cold in here fast. Uh, Mark Summers, uh, I guess uh, the best description. Television personality, you know, from Double Dare and many other things. He's an icon. Come and um, 
I just thought of you a couple weeks ago. Tell me why. This is a, a, a see if you can guess. <laughs> okay, it's going to have something to do with obsessive compulsive. No, that's oh. the thing. It didn't. Oh my! I was reading a book about the doors. Oh, okay. <laughs> is this giving you any kind of a hint? Uh, no. Okay. I thought this was Mark Summers' dream you had, where he's kissing you on your forehead. Uh, no. Yeah. You that one? Okay. Yeah. I'd rather hear that one. Yeah. I was reading. Hey, we all remember your spoon. spoon? He the says great, the great guitar- you excuse me. me. The great guitarist for the Doors, Robbie Krieger, has a really good book uh, called "Set the Night on Fire." It's unreadable. And uh, <laughs> at one point, Princess he talks about working with drummer Mike Berkowitz. My brother. Yeah. That's your brother. That's right, my brother. Who, uh, when the Doors. Uh, dissolved after Mr. Morrison decided to take things into his own hands in a bad way. Uh, they started a band called the Butts Band, and my brother was the uh, drummer for the Butts Band. And, and I saw his name. I know that guy. Yeah. Wow. And, and um, huh. he's got to be pissed. You got the hair, Gene. <laughs> You've got like Elvis hair. And yeah, it's insane. I don't know why that is. But, uh, <laughs> he's yeah. the rock star. What what happened? I know. I know. <laughs> Insane. B, your brother is a world-class drummer. He is. He um, When he was 15 years old, he was playing for Johnny Mathis and Henry Mancini. They would come and pick him up and put his drums in the back of this van and drive him to Chicago. And he would go up there and play gigs when he was 15, 16 wow. years old. Wow. He was at the Playboy Club when he was like 17 huh. in Chicago. I mean, he has stories. Uh, he was on the road with Liza for 10 years. Those stories, you got to have him on the show if he'll even talk about that stuff. And then he conducted for Marvin Hamlish for about 10 years. And then when my brother got a better review than Marvin. Marvin fired him. Oh. <laughs> well, and Marvin, by the way, is sleeping with Jonathan Wynn. Yeah, he is. So, uh, yeah. There, there yeah. In so any event, weird, a, comedy. A, a weird thing to be reading about all of a sudden. Wait, wait, wait a minute. That guy's, that's Mark Summers' brother. I didn't hmm. know that that existed. That it, book it, was around. It's in, oh, it's a great book. If you're, door, if you're a Doors fan. Yeah. I heard it's unreadable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard. Now, um, Mark also, um, beside being uh, well known for his work in television, uh, wrote a book that I read a few years back. A few years, 1999 I wrote that. Called Everything in Its Place. Yeah. I love the story. It's a great book. And it's a story about uh, your uh, struggles with uh, OCD. Yep. Um, give me the uh, the short, the, the precy, if you will, of the book. Well, um, what happened was I was hosting a talk show on Lifetime called Biggers and Summers, and we had a, a doctor on, uh, a Dr. Eric Hollander. And when I was doing the research the night before, uh, it was all about something called, I had never heard of it, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. And as I was doing the research, I went, oh, my God, I've been doing that. I do that. I do that. I think I have this thing. And so on national TV, the next day, I sort of poured my guts out and said, I think I have this. And the next thing I know, I'm on Oprah and I'm everywhere, uh, People Magazine, uh, discussing this. And, um, you know, you and I have had these conversations. I, 20 years, I guess, we've been having these conversations, quite honestly. And um, I seem to be in much better shape than you, apparently, because I kind of don't do it anymore, but you're still kind of suffering with it. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. Do you see what Mark is politely saying to you here, Tom? <laughs> it's, uh, when he comes on, he would uh, just shut up about it. <laughs> no, I, I just, there's a scene where you wake up in the middle of the night, your wife Mark comes... Mark knows the scene. He wrote the book. <laughs> no, but I'm I, I want you to know you're in a safe place, Tom. Right. We, we all like you, Tom. His wife comes out it's in the okay. middle of the night. He's combing the hair yeah. on the bottom yeah. of the carpeting. It's he has a birthday party friend. for his then young child, and he's stapling butcher paper to the wall. No, I wouldn't put staples. I taped it. So okay. of course, yeah. so they was so, so they wouldn't they wouldn't get the fingerprints on the wall. Oh walls. yeah, absolutely. Um, What's the wackiest thing you've done? 
Oh, jeez. Um, um, he hoards newspapers, but that's kind mm, of not going anymore. Away. I don't believe you. I don't have. In You've fact, got him somewhere. Oh, he's got stacks and stacks of iPads. In his you closet. know, <laughs> this is the first time I've been here with your son. Explain to me what it was like growing up in the house with that going on. Uh, it was honestly, it was great because you know there was always clean towels because he yeah. did laundry <laughs> oh, ten yeah. times a day. Right. Got to do that. There still. was always you know newspapers so we could do our art projects without making a mess. Uh, a lot of a lot of various safety goggles, Mark, uh, for cooking bacon or for lighting off fireworks or for just uh, walking around the house. Just walking around the house, just so in case. Did the then, gene transfer to you at all? I mean, not at all. Yeah, no. Good. But Good. then, didn't you? One of your favorite games was uh, taking the uh, Pam spray uh, uh, food. Oh, this is a, the you, cooking spray. Yeah, the cooking spray. If, if you have a gas cooktop, if you have a yeah. gas cooktop, which, by the way, I would highly of recommend. of course. Uh, what you do with little kids, and I still have several of them, you um, <laughs> do this magic trick where you take your hand and you go, boosh, and then then you secretly spray the stuff <laughs> with a nice open flame. It's the best. You're encouraging people to do this in front of children. Yeah. No, yeah. Do you have set to them say on fire. Boosh? Yeah, you have to, or you can say abracadabra, whatever okay. you want. Just to, they, they stopped believing it at about age five. But those first few years, it's really fun. Oh, my. Unbelievable. Uh, now, uh, with, uh, no, I don't mean to obsess about this obsessive <laughs> No, that would never happen. However, yes, sir. Mr. Godwin has taken the uh, time and trouble. You can see him up in the big screen. Oh! I feel for those who have OCD, but I don't have OCD. I'm sorry for those with OCD, but I don't have OCD. <laughs> One for the O, two for the C, three for the D, OCD. Won't you sing along with me in groups of three? OCD. OCD. Forming a line behind me. Don't bend your knees. OCD. Every fifth verse, change the key. OCD. OCD. Wash your hands. Be germ-free. Sing it twice. OCD. Dial lock that door. Go back and see. OCD. OCD. Is the oven on? It just might be. OCD, OCD, song is over in the second D, OCD, OCD. <laughs> nice little oh, tribute very nice. to obsessive compulsive disorder. Could you do that three more times? <laughs> <laughs> so you you are you are pretty much you don't have any. No, I always say I'm about eighty six percent cured. I tell you what helped. Believe it or not, uh, COVID changed everything in everybody's lives. But when I realized uh, I was sort of trapped uh, and I could uh, sort of contemplate my navel you know i moved up uh, to the central coast of california and started taking walks five mile walks every day is what i do and uh, it just kind of brought me down to a whole different space and i do not obsess about that stuff anymore it's interesting hmm. you don't hmm. have to end on an even step or no i never had to do that stuff i was never a light uh, flipper or any of that kind of stuff but uh mine was more about neatness and cleanliness and all that kind but um i really don't worry about it too much anymore i have a secret war going on with the janitor here tell me when I get here in the morning, yeah, you guys don't even know about this. <laughs> I do. I, I don't know that I know about. There's this. a light switch by that door over there. Yeah. Okay, one by that door over there. Yeah. I like that one to be the up one. Yeah. <laughs> Not because of the lights, but because you just want the switch up. Yes. So I'll I'll switch wow. it and then go to then do undo the other one. Depend. I'm not sure if he knows we're having this battle, but I know that it's there. Really? And if it doesn't happen, what what do you think? Do you have uh, intrusive thoughts? That no, 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 nothing weird. I just have to go switch it around. You don't think like, hey, the, the show won't go well if I don't do this? No, because the show's gone very badly many times <laughs> when it's that episode. True. Now, in Mark's book, and I'm going to get this, not get it quite right, but you would have to go to a specific window of a, a department store and read all of the little placards or you couldn't get on an airplane. Yeah, I couldn't get on an airplane or I would uh, translate it to 
if my son's trying to get on a baseball team, he won't do well. Or my daughter was in a play and she'd forget her lines. And so I took on all that weight, huh. which was a, a royal pain in my rear end, mm-hmm. having to take on all that responsibility. So, uh, And then one last one that I still remember from 20 years ago reading your book. Um, someone, well, I think it was one of your kids, wanted a hot dog. Oh, no. Oh, I, <laughs> and um, I believe you were, I forget where you were. I, I was think, living in New York, and I had an apartment. in Philadelphia or something? No, I was, I was living in New York. That's when I was uh, doing the Lifetime show and doing Food Network stuff. And uh, I had an apartment uh, that I'd never cooked in and because um, I ate out all the time. And my kids would, my son would come for a month and then go back to L.A., and then my daughter would come for a month and go back to L.A. And she, I said, what do you want to go out to dinner and do tonight? And she goes, I just want a hot dog. And I thought, well, okay, we'll go get a hot dog. She said, no, I want to do it at home. Well, I didn't have any, you know, utensils or anything. So we went to Macy's and spent, you know, $700 on, uh, you know, pots and pans. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then bought hot dogs and buns and, and uh, mustard and whatever else she wanted and potato chips. And I cooked in the house for the first time and, and did that. Never used the pots and pans ever again. But uh, Well, yeah. worth it. Yeah. Oh, no question. That was the most expensive New York dinner I think I ever went to. <laughs> that, that, that is OCD. As lady. you walked to Macy's, how many hot dog stands did you pass? Oh, yeah, thousands. the streets of Manhattan. Well, you know, the thing about the hot dog stands is Letterman used to say, you know, they don't change the water until, you know, the fall. So it's <laughs> just unbelievable. He is Mark Summers. And uh, off the air, we were talking about this and that. And you kind of have kind of like a d- different generations know you for different things. It's so true. You know, a, a Double Dare, I guess, is what got it all started. And then I uh, moved over to the Food Network doing uh, Unwrapped and exec producing Dinner and Restaurant Impossible. Uh, but uh, I did a, a guest spot on a show called Workaholics. And that show just exploded. And a whole different group of humans, uh, you know, found me. And it just was fun. I mean, literally, I walked down the street and they, people Hey, did you, did you get to keep the bear suit? I mean, that's what, ask, you know? what was the workaholics thing? Workaholics, it's a great show on Comedy Central with uh, Adam Devine and uh, Blake Anderson, these young comics out of L.A. Super funny. Did you play yourself, Mark? I or? played myself. You know, everything I've ever done. I've, I've done voices on a million cartoons, and uh, I always play myself because they know I can't act. So <laughs> I can't play myself, I'm screwed, you know? Cartoons? Yeah, I've done a lot of voiceovers on a lot of cartoons. Uh, You know, I started on Robot Chicken uh, and have done a million episodes of that. And then I've done a couple of Nickelodeon cartoons. I was on, uh, what's the other Seth MacFarlane show that I did? Uh, Family Guy or uh, American Dad? No, keep going. Oh. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I did it. Anyway, uh, the one with the black couple. Uh, oh, the Cleveland, the Cleveland show? show? I did a Cleveland yeah. show where they did a, a whole thing about uh, Cleveland not getting along with his dad because he screwed up the obstacle course. And so they redid the whole <laughs> obstacle course, and I played me. So I'm gonna, i got to tell you a story, but I have to be very careful about telling the story. So uh, at the end, Cleveland can't get the flag, and I'm yelling, Get the flag! Get the flag! Get the effing flag okay <laughs> and um I, I did the take like one time two times three i did it like 17 times and i finally said to the producer in, in the booth i said can you give me some direction or something did, did, am i not doing it right and he goes oh no you got it like on the second take it's just hysterical to hear her keep saying that word over and over and over. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you've been working clean your whole My life. My whole life, you know. I sure. mean, when I started off at the comedy store in 76, I wasn't working, you know, super dirty, but I was saying words that I guess most people wouldn't associate with me. And, you know, Howie Mandel and Saget had that career where they expected one thing and then they went to see him and, and families would come and then they'd walk out because they couldn't believe <laughs> right. that Saget and, and uh, you know, Howie were doing what they were doing. But uh, they've had these two different lives. And, you know, Bob got really insane towards, uh, you know, the end. Bob Saget, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember um, Tim Allen, who had, before he was the Tim Allen, famous Tim Allen, would come through here doing stand-up. And he was, a, was and is, I'm sure, a great stand-up. Mm-hmm. But his uh, act was... Um, Brutally frank, if you will. Absolutely. <laughs> really? and, he, and he got famous as whatever it was, Tim the Tool Guy. And then he actually went out and played the, sh- the sheds, the so-called, yeah. the big outdoor arenas, whatever you want to call them. And uh, people were quite stunned because he had not written a new act for the clean guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, was highly, I would highly recommend him as a stand-up. Mm-hmm. Well, stand-up back in the day when I started in 76, uh, I got there the same time, you know, Letterman, Leno, uh, Robin Williams, we all started together. And then I got into doing warm-ups and I was doing the warm-ups on a show called Soap. And next to me, because uh, he hadn't really exploded yet, was Letterman doing the warm-ups on Barney Miller. And on the other side, uh, Saget was doing the warm-ups on Bush and buddies. No kidding. Yeah, and that's how we all got started. Soap is one explain, of my all-time favorite shows. Oh, explain I, what the warm-ups mean. What, is uh, what we do is go out and uh, get the audience sort of primed because there's 300 warm bodies sitting in a room and chances are they've never seen a live TV show recorded and they think they're going to come in and watch it and be out the door in 25 minutes. Well, it takes hours to mm-hmm. do these things and your job is to keep them up and happy and laughing and uh, sometimes it gets very 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 difficult uh, there was one story uh, I was a page at CBS Television City and Norman Lear was producing a new show called Good Times and uh, Norman felt that the audience should be all black because it's a black show and so uh, normally you do a, a dress rehearsal at 4.30 and then uh, it takes about an hour hour and 15 minutes then you go and have dinner the crew and they get notes and then they do a, a an air show at 7.30. Well, we were supposed to do the dress rehearsal at 4.30 and people line up, you know, for two or three hours hoping to get better seats. And 4.30, we were supposed to shoot the show, nothing happened. 5 o'clock, nothing happened. 5.30, nothing happened. 6 o'clock, nothing happened. And Mr. Lear came out and said, come here, Mark. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, we're not going to be able to do the dress rehearsal. So, uh, and he handed me a wad of money and he said, uh, give everybody $20. Tell them to go out and have a dinner and come back for the 7.30. And I said, Mr. Lear, can I say something? Said, What's that? I said, if we give everybody $20, they ain't coming back. <laughs> 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 and, and I gave people $20 and about a third of the audience came back and he realized after the first episode, it's really not a black show, it's a show. Mm. And after that, we had everybody come. But, you know, the philosophy back then, 73, 74, was totally different. When you think of the chances he took, I remember going to the uh, episodes where Maud was, you know, having an abortion and, you know, the stuff that Archie used to say, and people were like stunned. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing or odd or scary thing is you probably couldn't do those shows today, you know? Because yeah, everybody gets offended. Right. Our guest, Mark Summers. Uh, television personalities. You started, you said you started with Robin Williams and Letterman and all those guys. 76. Did you know Dave from living in Indianapolis? Uh, a, A little bit. Um, I was working at a radio station, WBMP in Elwood, Indiana, doing weekends 6 to 11. And I was 15 years old, and the guy who used to drive me up lost his, jo- his job. And so I lost my ride, and I got fired, and uh, Dave Letterman took my place. So that was, let's see, I was 15, so uh, if anyone, like 66, 67. Wow. So he took my place there. And then... Uh, 
we used to play racquetball together in uh, you know in L.A. when we were at the comedy store. He was a, the most intense racquetball player. He and Jeff Altman were unbeatable. <laughs> really? They were the most intense players. I, I, I could not score a point off these guys. It was insane how good they were. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's an obscure Dave Letterman fact. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did not know. The most intense racquetball player I've ever been against. No question about it. Yeah. So I knew those guys. Um, yeah. Uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know... I, I have all sorts of Letterman stories I could tell you, but um, the fact that I've, I've kind of retired and all I do now is kind of call people to go have lunch. And and every Wednesday where I live, uh, I ran into Dennis Miller, and every Wednesday, Dennis Miller and I go have lunch together. And it's the most fascinating time because he may be the smartest human being I've ever talked with in my life. I need like a thesaurus, a dictionary, and encyclopedia when I'm talking to him because his frame of reference is most of the time go over my head um, but it's it's so much fun to sit and have these conversations because basically we just talk showbiz and comedy and stuff like that I had lunch the other day uh Rosie O'Donnell moved back to California, and I tracked her down. We went to lunch and sat there for two and a half hours because I was doing the warm-ups on Star Search when she was a contestant on that show. That's how far back we go. Cool. And then we were uh, on Win, Lose, or Draw all the time together. And so it's just weird that we're all freaking old now, and we kind of walk down memory lane. It's a ball. Mark, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd yes, like sir. you to invite Dennis to lunch yes. and invite Rosie to lunch. Yes. Same place, and you don't show up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be, and then we'll bring in Tom Selleck. <laughs> That's it for another Bob and Tom Show Extra. Catch us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. For Bob and Tom Extra, this is Christopher. Take care, everybody. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.